to another episode of Let's Talk Deer, brought to you by Grandpa Ray Outdoors, owned by Mr. John O'Brien. John's a Midwestern guy. He's around the Madison, Wisconsin area. He's been an agronomist uh, for over 29 years. So he knows seed, he knows soil, and he knows what white-tailed deer need. John has a large seed company, Grandpa Ray Outdoors, but also he's in educating. He's one of the best educators seminar, platform speaker, uh, communicator for soil, water, and cover. The soil brings the food, the water hydrates, and the cover keeps them safe. So that's what Whitetail needs. So any questions at all about seed, go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com. Let's Talk Deer does receive compensation from Grandpa Ray Outdoors for mention him on my show. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Deer with Bruce Hutchin, the host. And I'm joined tonight with Western Contours host, Guy Duplanche. Guy, welcome Hello. to the show. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we've been hanging out, folks, almost an hour already. So, so we're pretty moved up. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking about a mutual good friend, uh, Michael T. Merrill, um, and I was fortunate enough to to do some card pulling for him last year, uh, and he was touching uh, a 360 bull, and and um, guy knows Michael, so we're talking about him, and we were talking about on Facebook Live earlier, which you can see on my uh, Facebook Live page, um, about hunting is about the journey, and you know I was telling guy how you know in my younger days I was very selfish. Uh, I solo hunted, you know, 80% of the time. There were some places I had to have a guide because it was a wilderness area or they deemed that you had to have a guide, so I had a guide. But having said that, Guy, what is it, you know, that you found in your life that makes hunting so special? Oof. <laughs> um Again, man, I for me it's just it's just a beautiful experience, man. It is me pitting myself against everything that is is in the woods or on the mountain, um, and being humbled every step of the way. Uh, I think that the ability to self reflect and you know we feel like we're ten feet tall a lot of times. And you get on the mountain or you get in the woods and you realize how minute you really are. Um, and then just being able to, for the lack of, a, I, I mean, it's not a lack, to revel in God's creation uh, and, and actually be a part of something that we've been pulled away from um, with all our technology and all our comforts and things like that. Um, I yearn for it, man. I long for it year round, every day. Um, the only thing that I put up on the pedestal um, is is my family my wife and my kids and and with hunting man it's just you know that that really is it really is a second in my life because it you know i i feel like it makes me a better person um when i go out in the mountain and i get that you know that butt kicking um and i'm brought back down to reality of how small i actually am because we talked earlier about it's it's just not the kill it's not. not just not taking field to plate and, and having the harvest, but it's in the journey that um, you realized, like you said, 12 years ago, and you could say the exact spot where all of a sudden you had this revelation or a moment when you went, holy fright, yeah. I'm a hunter. Yeah, yeah, I'm a hunter, and I'm, I'm you know, an inch big out here. Um, it is... Uh, it, it, and I don't know, people may chop at me a little bit for it, but we, we, we say it's about the table fare a lot of times or filling the freezer. Um, and yes, that's part of it, but I think that that's a small part of it. I think that going out there and chasing that experience and spending the time with loved ones and friends um, and then just being out in nature and reconnecting with, with our spirits, um, I think that's where it's at, man. I think the table fare is, is a cherry on top. Um, but we can go into the woods and not harvest anything and still walk out of the woods um, with that experience being the trophy, no matter, you know, you talk about a hunt, right? And, and like you, you collect the rocks, you, you got a rock. It doesn't matter that you shot a, you know, 190 inch mule deer or a, a 350 class bull. 
you can look at that rock and that rock takes you right back. So that tells you right there, you know, it's the experience part of it. It's, it's reflecting on those experiences and the lessons uh, and that, and that, uh, that humbling that comes with it and just being out in God's creation that, uh, that is paramount in that entire deal. And a lot of people don't understand that. And I can't, I gave up trying to help people <laughs> understand it a long time ago because I just, I don't have the ability. I'm not eloquent enough and there's some great, great writers out there and, and you know, I'm going to let them do it because it comes back to me. Be, I know every time, and you talked about it, every time I went out solo, especially Unit 2 here in Colorado, back in the day, folks, you could hunt Unit 2 without waiting 21 years. And um, I would hunt, bow hunt there, and I'd stay at the Maddox cabin at about 10,000 feet, and I'd have elk bugling all around me all night. And then I'd get up in the morning, and I'd go hunt. And um, it was just unbelievable after you know, I was fortunate, you know, to have enough time. So I'd hunt in either five or 10 day stints and I might hunt with that tag 20, 20, 20 days. And it was like, oh my goodness. And I come back and it's like, my wife says, I love when you go because I'm, I'm a different person. Everything has been cleansed and I call it cleansing, yeah. but I was cleansed of all the worries and all the things that we carry and i was working and and flying all around and doing this and doing that and i work 60 80 hours a week but because i worked so hard i had this time that i could go and that was better than spending a thousand dollar sessions with a shrink you, you mm -hmm. couldn't you couldn't <laughs> replace it you just couldn't no. replace it and and you've had the same same situation Absolutely, man. It, it, uh, you know, so, so we talk about the solo experience and, you know, as we were discussing it earlier, um, you have a lot of revelations about yourself when you're solo. Uh, you realize how scary you are when it comes to things that go bump in the night. <laughs> um, but it, it's pitting yourself against those things and facing what you feel like your shortcomings are that, that give you that growth. And I don't think and I'm not trying to belittle the camaraderie and that experience with friends and family in the woods, but I, I don't think that you can compare going out there, you know, one-on-one -on -one with, with nature and being in God's creation. Uh, when I come back, and I told you that earlier, I know that I'm a better person when I walk out of the woods, when I get off the mountain. Um, and I'm and if you say there's a bull down there or there's a deer down there, I'm your huckleberry. I'm going to look at it. And I'll think about it for two seconds about how bad it looks and how mad it's going to hurt and what could happen. Uh, it's about two seconds if I give you that, but I'm going. Whether or not I've seen it or not, you can fool me every time I'm going. And I'm to the point where I don't hunt one area. I don't hunt one zone. I look at a spot on the map a lot of times and I go, man, that looks like the spot. I'll go scout it. And if it's steep, deep and nasty, that's probably where I'm going to hunt. Um, and it doesn't matter if I come back with something. Of course, I love it. I want to notch my tags, but I, I'm really after the betterment and the experience uh, at this point. Now, when it comes, well, I'll qualify that a little bit, Bruce. When it comes to elk, I've been getting my butt kicked. Um, so with the elk, it's about the horns. <laughs> I've been getting my butt kicked by the elk, so. Yeah, but yeah, man, I, I can't say enough about just getting out there and, and just realizing, you know, that that I'm just, you know, I'm minute, man. You know, I'm at the bottom of the food chain out there um, and just let's get through it and, and suffer the suffering part of it. Um, like I said, if it's if it's steep, if it's deep, if it's nasty, if it's shale filled and it looks like it's going to hurt, that's my hunting hole. When I talked to you earlier, you know, a lot of my listeners, well, 90 percent of my listeners are are from the midwest or whitetail hunters and um you know they dream you know like my buddy you know he's 50 years old and people said you're going to colorado you're going to colorado and and you know it it's it's hard it's it's not easy elk hunting with a bow any place right. and colorado if you're getting some really nasty stuff like you're talking about it's you know unforgivable you know you can't screw up because it's going to hurt you but saying that, 
you know, you live in California, so you have to make plans to hunt Colorado. You know, how do you do that? What what advice do you have for Midwestern hunters who say, hey, I want to hunt the West. Maybe maybe it's Arizona, maybe it's New Mexico, Nevada, Montana, Idaho, uh, Wyoming. So there's, you know, those, those are the major, major states. But how do you go about deciding, one, to go, to afford it, and three, you know, how do you plan? So I think I think the first mistake that folks make when they say that they want to come out west and hunt is they put it off for far too long, right? It's It's always this thought process of, man, I'd love to do it. Man, I'd love to do it. All I can say about that is, guys, ladies, what are you waiting for? Get out west, get the hunt. If it's a if it's a budget thing, then budget. You can get a over the counter non resident Colorado tag for around six hundred six hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, do the math; it's a few bucks a month. Um, you know, you do have some gear that that you're going to have to switch. A lot of our Midwest and back east folks down south, um, we're doing a little a lot of blind, a lot of tree stands. So there are some gear um, necessities that you know they may not have but on that end why not go on a guided hunt um you know where you're in a when you're in a drop camp um or you're sleeping in a guide's trailer that you know that gets a little bit you know more expensive um but again it's it's planning and budgeting for it but i think a lot of folks put it off don't chase it and you know by the time you do if you're you know you're 55 60 years old um, and then you're you're looking back going, man, I should have done that in my 20s. How many more years do I have, you know, that I could do this? Don't just don't put it off. That's the biggest um, recommendation that I would have is is get out here and get after it. Um, it it's not it, it, you're going to get your butt kicked. You come out west and you don't know what to expect. Um, start walking. But just get out here, you know, get out here and do it. it it's not. It's not that difficult. It's not that expensive where, you know, you can't plan for it for a season. Um, you know, I, I mean, what does that math come out to, Bruce? You know, six fifty, seven hundred bucks. Fifty um, bucks fifty bucks a month for your tag. Yeah, that's six hundred. I mean, you need a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, um, because you are gonna have to get some optics that you might not have. Your boots better be, you know, mountain boots, not you know, rubber boots that you walking back to stand. So you, you need that type of equipment. Plus you need a good pack, you know, unless you have a guide. And I like what you said because you can you can get a drop camp, archery hunt, the horseback in, you'll be in an area that far enough you'll be away from, from the people that even though they're archery hunting, they're not a mile, two miles from the road. No, if you pick the right drop camp, you should be three to five miles from. So you should be away from the people. And then it's a learning curve. You know, you just, you have to learn the drainages. You have to learn the areas where the elk live. Because if, they, if it's 10 square miles at any one time, those elk are only in one square mile of that drainage, of that area. That they're only in 10% of the time in one area. And I would agree. I would agree to a point. Right. But I think that that's one of the things, the limiting factors is is people look at it. And I think with all that, it becomes pretty intimidating. Right. Oh, I got to learn a drainage. I got to do this. We have the ability to e-scout, um, which is great. But again, I'm going to take it right back to what I said, Bruce, is get out here. How are you going to learn? You know what I mean? You can't <laughs> learn to hunt elk or mule deer sitting in the whitetail stand. It just it doesn't happen. Um, you, you got to get out here and do it. And if that means coming out, even, you know what, even if you came out and you got, you know, a less expensive tag, if you know, say you pull a, a bear tag, a non-res bear tag in, in Colorado or one of these states, um, it's not going to cost you as much, even a, even a deer tag. Uh, well, some of the deer tags do get pricey, but come out here for one of those hunts, you know, get a lay of the land, learn what the drainages look like. And a lot of it, right, is you start, you start talking about drainages and, don't even start talking about calling and what calls to use. And there's all this stuff that I can see, especially with the amount of information that's out there. It's got to be intimidating for, you know, a new hunter or someone that is coming from Midwest or back East um, to get into. It's just, it's so much that it's, it's mind boggling. And then what do you believe and what do you listen to? 
folks, get out here, hunt the West if that's the dream. Don't put it off. It's it's the most beautiful experience you will ever have. When you're in those hills of Colorado and those woods come alive, and then in the evening you're sitting there in campfire sharing that time, maybe it's in a drop camp and it's a group of folks you don't know. Um, it, it, you'll never replace, look at that, it happened again. You'll never replace <laughs> that experience. You know, let's go, let's do it. Um, gears, gears, crazy, right, Bruce? Um, yeah, we have it's, so it's, it's, many yeah, options, man. Yeah, it's it's nuts. But you know, when you're thinking about getting out here, and and I was fortunate, you know, my company moved me out here and made made me in charge. I had from the Canadian border north of Montana all the way down uh, to New Mexico. So I I I could fly all these places and what I did I would I would stay out I wouldn't come home for a weekend and I would just hike and camp. I'm not hunting. Mm-hmm. I got my fly rod or spinning rod and I'm in the Big Belt Mountains of of uh Montana or I'm in Idaho in the Selway or I'm in um Wyoming uh near the thoroughfare some of the places I had to have a guy didn't even go fishing but anyway i'd get up in these areas and then i'd figure out the areas and then being who i was i could go into a bar and and, and talk to people or talk to an outfitter and say you know what do you think about this what do you think about that or you know and then you just go meet people and you know that's the biggest thing and that becomes the journey because all of a sudden you know the guy says well you know why don't you come elk hunting or well you know one, I don't have the money for a guide or, or blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. But you get to those areas. And so, you know, I, I forgot about how I did it because a lot of times I was in, I was scouting, you know, while I was working. And I was in those areas. I'd have, you know, I could have a backpack. I didn't need much, you know, to stay overnight. I get a rental car and, you know, you get a motel or do you put your hiking boots on and you go up and see what's there. And all of a sudden you start learning things and talking to people. And with the digital world we have now and message boards and all that, you can do pretty much the same thing, I think, Probably if you're pretty astute. If you're pretty yeah. astute. And you're going to meet some great people um, hunting for connections. There's 29,000 people spread across the country and get on there, become a member and people will, will help you. Like we talked about earlier, I heard about you from MTM, Michael T. Merrill in Utah. He said, you got to get guy on your show. I said, okay. He said, he's gnarly. <laughs> my, my type of guy, my type of guy, but, but it, it's in relationships and that goes for anything folks. But the hunting community is very small. If you ever go to ATA, you'll realize how small the hunting community is. It's very, very, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry, but it's very, very small. And it's all, everything built, the people that have been successful, it's been all built on relationships. And, yeah, everybody's not going to be Jim Shockey, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Or Cam Haynes. That's okay. If you look at this community, you know, I call it a community because to me, that's truly what it is. Um, and, and I think we, we have these weird kind of divides or lines in the sand that we draw, right? When it's camo or, you know, what bow I shoot or, you know, what uh, what rounds I'm shooting out my rifle. Um, and then the, the biggest I see, and since we're talking about, you know, how do people from the Midwest or back east down south come out and hunt? Uh, I think part of that intimidation or, or not understanding or knowing it is one of those divides, right? And I've heard it before, Easty, Westy, um, you know, tree stand hunter, you know, out west hunter, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think if you you put all that down, you you know, kill a line in the sand, we're, we're all from the same demographic and we're a minute fraction of the population. Um, folks are willing to help. The majority of folks in our demographic and our community are more than willing to help anybody. Um, via you know whatever media if it's facebook if there's there's forums all over instagram um you know folks i see folks sharing information all the time hey you know people may be a little standoffish or cautious they may not give you their honey hole they may want to vet you out a little bit uh, but reach out to folks you know if there's somebody that you're following that you've interacted with um for me that matter reach out if i can help somebody i'm going to help them 
Um, I want to see our demographic thrive, um, grow where we can, but really, really thrive and make an impact um, so we can keep this thing going, man. Um, yeah, it's it, it's huge. But like Bruce said, you get on get on some media and start talking to folks. Now, living in California, now how do you decide where are you going to hunt? <laughs> I throw a dart at the map, man. All right. I don't know. So, <laughs> Yeah, every I, every I, year, every winter, you got to because I know what states I'm going to hunt whitetail in. I had turkey states. I was going to hunt four turkey states this year, and that didn't go anyplace. But you know, for whitetails, I know where I'm going to hunt, and then I know I'm going to hunt um, Utah and Colorado for sure. And then I'm waiting because I think there's going to be a lot of leftover licenses. That's my thought. Oh yeah, this year I I I would agree. Or license with you. T- turned in because guys, they've they've saved saved saved, and all of a sudden I can't spend two grand. I can't spend a right. grand. Yeah, um, especially with this situation that we're in right now, I would agree. And so I'm kind of just going, okay, let's see how this works. Yeah, um, it, it should be interesting. Uh, as far as how I how I determine where I'm going to hunt, um, you know, when we start talking about hearing, well, California for one is probably the most underrated state for hunting in the West, um, without a shadow of a doubt. But the opportunities for blacktail and mule deer here in California are absolutely phenomenal. Um, we have one of, and I, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have to look at the square, at the square mileage of that, of, of our A zone. Um, but you can go over the counter, non-res or resident in A zone. And uh, I've taken some really good bucks out of it. Um, you know, you have an opportunity for pig um, while you're hunting in a lot of that is that zone. is that central California, northern California. So it, it's it's southern California to northern California for the most part. So to make it easy, kind of the northern L.A. County uh, border right at Ventura, almost all the way up to the Bay Area from the coast all the way to the five freeway. Um, so you're talking, you know, I'm going to call it just shy of a third of the state is OTC and then you know in a portion of that you have blacktail and in a portion of that you have mule deer and you have those you know those areas that they're intertwined um but with that season you carry a pig tag um you know and you have opportunity in a lot of the area in a zone for pig they're a little bit harder to hunt um they hang to a lot of private but they're out there um it's great opportunity for me, this last, so this will be my third season in this particular area. Um, I usually don't hang in an area. I, I won't hunt it more than a year. I'll hunt in an area. Um, if it's a really good area, I'll skip the following year, um, and then I'll go back every other year. There's an area that I've been hunting. This will be my third season. There's a four-by-five in there. He's beautiful in velvet. He's been kicking my butt, and I need to. He's probably in a five- to six-year-old range um and i gotta get him he's archery i can shoot him with a rifle but this guy has beat me on archery so i i had an opportunity with my rifle last year and i didn't take him um because i gotta beat him with my bow or i'm gonna let somebody else get him um or you know old age or a cat will get him um but usually man i literally you know me and my buddies would laugh because we would just you know we'd sit back and where are we hunting and you know it could be i've done it with a straw and a spitball and shot a shot a spitball at the map and it hit a spot and i said well that's where we're going this year boys and uh (laughs) all right yeah the the beauty the beauty with that goes back to what we were talking about earlier is the experience um it's actually getting out there and enjoying that experience and the hunt and not caring or worrying about what quality or what class of deer is in there how many animals are you know per square mile and what's the the buck to doe ratio i just want to get out and get in the woods get on the mountain and the biggest thing i found is when i'm successful in those areas like i showed you that little tiny shed earlier when that seven days eight days goes by and that's the only thing you see um you'll appreciate that like he's a 200 inch deer man and uh yeah it's it's something else so i'll i'll throw a dart man we've we've gone to the range and we'll step back 120 yards and we'll throw the map and aim the best we can in hopes that we hit that. And we'll just let one fly and hit it. And hey, boys, that's where we're going. It's random and it doesn't even matter to me anymore, <laughs> man. I just want to be out there chasing. Well, you do have to put in for tags and you have to follow that, right? 
Yeah, it, so in in the in the other states like Wyoming, you got to put it in for tags, and Colorado, you know, yeah. So a lot of areas, talking, yeah, when we start talking about out of state, and I was doing that for a while, right? Is I would put in for my points, and I'd build points here, build points there, um, and it's great, but you got point creep and everything else that we're dealing with all the time, so it's getting harder and harder. Um, so now, I mean, with my out of state experience, it's really about the elk, so. Uh, Wyoming, Wyoming and Colorado will say owe me because <laughs> they beat me up the last two years pretty bad. Wyoming more so than Colorado. Uh, but as you know, Wyo, you know, as a non-resident, you're looking at, you know, three to four points and you're in there unless you do the uh, the leftover draw, which gives you a 50-50 on it, which I missed last year. Um, Colorado is great with the OTC. They have some, you know, wonderful opportunities. So, uh, you know, with the elk, it, it's more it's more specific for me than it is with the deer. Um, I can hunt, you know, deer here. We got Catalina Island, 30 miles off the coast. I've been fortunate enough to hunt there a couple of years. Um, beautiful mule deer there, but the out of state, yeah, it takes a little bit more. I have to be a bit more discerning and I will e-scout. And, you know, once I get my e-scout done and pick out an area and firm up on that area, we'll make, you know, the 18, 20 hour drive, you know, to, to Colorado and check it out. Um, Wyoming, I got 17 points here in California for elk. Um, so this year I'll probably put in, instead of just buying a point, um, that 17 to 23 point range. Uh, I could, you know, my percentage crept up, so I should get lucky here in the next, you know, two or three or years, Roosevelt I'm hoping. Or Thule. No, no, I'm going Thule, man. It's the only place that uh, that they exist in the world. So that'll, that'll I can go to Oregon on the OTC Rosie hunt go up to Washington OTC for a rosy hunt. So it would definitely be a Thule elk without, without a doubt. <laughs> now, are they in the mountains? I don't know anything about Thule elk except they're in Northern California. Yeah, well, they start just uh, just north of me here um, in the uh, Owens Valley, like the Bishop area. Um, okay. So you have them down in the, in the flatlands and the grasslands there, and they do go up on the higher elevation in the mountains. Um, and as you, you know, you get further up north, you have them. Uh, then you start talking about our coastal rosies. Uh, then you got the Rockies, you know, up in the mountains as well. So, but those Thule are just, they're, they're beautiful animals, man. And the fact that, you know, this is the only place that you can hunt them. Um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be done. <laughs> I'm just hoping to draw, man. It's, I think this year though, with, with this whole, you know, coronavirus thing that we're going through, I think a lot of folks are going to be reluctant to put out for, you know, tags, especially high dollar tags with the uncertainty. So I'm hoping that that somehow increases my, uh, my chances. I think, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit and, and I think, you know, if you're listening to this, this will air in May, um, pay attention to um, the leftover tags this year. And the other thing is what's going to happen is people, Maybe Wyoming, it was January, you had to put it in for a tag, and, you know, everything's going fine, and all of a sudden, I don't have a job anymore. You call the outfitter and say, hey, you know, I, I don't have a job, so can we move my, you know, my uh, deposit to next year? So I think there's going to be a lot of, of opportunities. That's my thought on that. When you think about you know, hunting though, actually you were up, I know where you were on divide road and unit 61 last year. This is Bruce Hutchin with a special message about my relationship with burner.com. Burner HD is a non-lethal pistol that's available now on the web at burner.com. If you go to the web and use my promo code LTD 2020, you're going to get a 10% discount on all burner product so again let's talk to here has a discount promo code ltd 2020 for all burner product go check them out they're great how do you figure out how are you going to hunt like you said you just say hey i'm going to put a pin in the map and that's where we're going and we're going to figure out from there so you know you've been at this game long enough to to have some general idea how you break down where how are you going to hunt so share that with the the listeners so, man, I'm primarily a spot and stalk guy. Um, that's just, I hunt turkey spot and stalk. You you know, anything that I could chase is spot and stalk. Um, I, I guess the easiest way to describe it is what, 
what and where is that animal going to be? When you start looking at, you know, season openers, how many people are on that mountain? What's that animal going to do? Um, where is it going to feel the safest? You know, where are those areas that, that folks are going to have a hard time getting to? Um, you know, we start talking like, you know, in that, in that uh, unit 61 there. And that was one of the things, all right, guys, you know, we got road access here. We got road access here. You got ATV trails over here. We need to get away from all that. What, uh, you know, where are the animals going to go? I mean, we really have to study them enough to know, you know, what they're eating, uh, what they, you know, where they're bedding, you know, is that, is that all fell timber in there, that dark timber, um, and just really putting those puzzle pieces together. And then it just becomes a matter of, you know, <laughs> am I better than them? Um, the biggest, the biggest tool and I don't know if it's a tool, but in, in my bag of tricks or in my tool bag is the wind, um, is playing the wind. I don't, I don't know that there's anything more important in the woods. You can have a decent pair of boots. You can have a stellar backpack. Um, but outside of accuracy and proficiency with our weapon, I think wind is paramount. Um, and I pride myself in, in being able to, well, yeah, I pride myself. I'll say that again. I think my game my win game is very, very good. Um, I, I have put enough time in, in the woods to have a good understanding of how the thermals react um, when thermals are less predictable. Um, then it becomes a experience thing, right? Okay, these thermals are, are all over the place or the winds all over the place, excuse me. Um, you know, how do I approach this scenario? So I think the wind, playing the wind and understanding what the animal is looking for um, and what type of pressure the animal is under uh, are huge factors in, in how I pursue the game. Um, I like to glass, but I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of split in the middle 50-50 between glassing and having my boots moving. Um, I've, I've come across more game and excuse me, I've been more successful when my boots are moving than the glass has allowed me because just because I spot that animal, you know, a mile away doesn't mean that I'm going to arrow that animal or rifle that animal. Um, so I, I like my boot miles. I really enjoy my boot miles. One thing for um, the Western hunter is that elk, talking about elk now, is elk need three things. They need food, they need cover, and they need water those are the three things so i've been in a tree stand over waterhole in colorado and elk have come in i've also been in a tree stand on a saddle in colorado arrowed a mule there in a tree stand okay you can do the same thing with ground blinds so just you have to learn and this comes back to learning area and learning exactly okay what are these elk are going to do with google earth and everything we have electronically i'm going to give a shout out for gohan if you're not a member of gohan insider then um you need to be especially if you're going to hunt the west there's no yeah. question about it. you know they do a great job chris porter and the guys and brady miller um if you follow social media at all brady miller gets it done in a lot of various states and he's a hard hunter and he gets it done so go hunt is is a company of hunters but they have research and they have you know they break each state down and no they're not going to tell you honey holes but they're going to give you some semblance of saying okay here's a starting point okay here's the dart in the map okay do i want to hunt 14ers do i want to hunt above 10,000 feet or or do I want to hunt 7,500 to 8,500? What's the elevation? Do I want to hunt oak brush, dark timber? I want to hunt the plains. Colorado, you can get over-the-counter plains tags. Good luck finding a place to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, you know, eastern Colorado is, is ag land, and so you got to find a place to hunt. But there's elk out there, and you can get an over-the-counter tag, as many as you want, because the DOW – Colorado Parks and Wildlife says, you know, we don't want elk out here. We want to keep the mule deer and, and the whitetails. But saying that, so so elk need cover, food, and water. The same thing as whitetails need, only instead of 40 acres, it's 400 acres. And you gotta, you just got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. 
that's the biggest thing. You just got to figure it out. And we already talked about this. No better way is to, you know, pick an area and say, that's where we're going and then learn that area and invest. When you were talking about before, you know, going in an area, you, you hit an area, you invest in it, either if you see the sign, if you see elk, if, you, if you're one of the 17% or 20%, I think the best areas in Colorado, they're 20, just around 20% success ratio for an archer. That's the best. That's that's really, really high too, right? That's really, I mean, that's talking the best. So yeah. everything else is between 15 to 20% success rate, you know, statewide. That's it. What about? And that's with people like Guy and people like me and people like Cameron Haynes and, and you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, pick a person that hunts the West and hunts Colorado. And, yeah, some are successful and some are going on private land. Some are using outfitters. Some are going solo on public land. And they, it can get done. But the fact is, out of 100 people, 15 to 20 of them are going to be successful, period. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's considering, and then you consider the numbers that are out there. Uh, that that 15 or 10 to 15, you know, 20 percent becomes staggering when you realize that there was, you know, I don't know, 6,000 tags. <laughs> you know, that's where the number really is the telltale. Um, and I would agree, man, that Go Hunt Insider is a absolutely phenomenal tool. Um, harvest statistics bull to cow ratios uh i mean you name it it's on there um there's even what it takes for points in. what it takes for points yeah you know if you're doing not over the counter where you take for points but that's just one tool and you know eastman's has a tool that they just put up and you know there's a lot of tools out there i guess what guy and i are saying if you want to hunt and uh east and west bow hunter um East and West podcast with Bo, you know, he talked about it last year. He was on my show and we talked about it at length. You know, anybody who wants to hunt out West can hunt out West. So give up your lattes and don't buy your new Ford or don't buy any <laughs> new gear. You know, you know, Matthew's bow is 1200 bucks. Don't buy a new Matthew's bow because the oh, bow you have folks right now, and we're talking archery, not rifle, the bow you have right now to shoot a whitetail at 30 yards can shoot an elk at 50 yards. Yes, Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and don't worry about forward of center FOC and all that stuff. Don't worry. Yeah, just, and that's what I was saying earlier. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah, worry about just, it. Just get out here and hunt, you know, get out here and hunt <laughs> and learn it, you know, and, and what what's better than, than you know, by failure or, or or trial by fire there, there's no better teacher um for all the all the accessibilities we have you know and scouting and 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 you know things like go hunt those are those are all tools but nothing is going to replace boots on the ground experience uh when it comes to hunting out west that that is the absolute best experience i don't care how many people you reach out to boots on the ground is 110 percent better than all of that get out here and hunt you won't you won't regret it and that's the thing right because at the end of the day when you don't do it or you haven't done it and you put it off for six seven years all you have after that first experience is looking back on those five six seven years in regret of not doing it and now you're hooked for life you know it's uh and just gas get out is the here. cheapest it's been it's been forever yeah you know, someplace i know in wisconsin my buddy called me and said it's under a dollar here it's about a buck 75 or something yeah we're still at a what are we at yeah but what you're a california still? you're a california yeah, three, so, three yeah, whatever. <laughs> we're not gonna go there this is not a political <laughs> statement we're not gonna politicize our discussion this evening i refuse to go there you know there's gonna be en enough of that oh one yeah. thing folks um i want to mention uh, i am endorsing uh burner uh, HD burner HD is a pistol that shoots an LC and tear gas pellet or a plastic pellet over 300 feet per second and it's a non-lethal deterrent that's what it is it's a non-lethal deterrent and so go to burner.com uh, and use promo code LTD 2020 if you want to buy a product thank you very much so you know last thoughts um, 
you know, we got 2020 coming up. We don't know what the hunting season is going to be, what's going to be open, what's going to be closed. We have no idea, but we have to make plans. So what are your plans for this fall? So right now I'm looking at, uh, you know, my, my, my resident tags here. It'll be, you know, over-the-counter um, archery. That archery season turns into rifle, but like I said, that buck, he has to die by bow. Um, I'll be putting in for my elk tag here. And then outside of that, I'll be back in Colorado, and then looks like I may end up in Oregon. Um, I usually spend all of September um, in the woods somehow. So I usually like to go one place, but I have uh, I have some buddies that want me to come up to Oregon and hunt uh, over east with them. So I'm looking at doing that. And those you know those are OTC as well. Uh, I want to go back to Wyoming, but Wyoming doesn't like me. <laughs> So it looks like I'll just be getting a point for Wyoming this year, and uh, hopefully I'll be back there next year and uh, go go take my uh, my vengeance out on uh, Wyoming and Grizz country. Well, that'll so be fine. To, and and we yeah. talked about um, over the counter in January, folks. If if you don't know about it, it, you know it used to be the best kept secret in the hunting, but it isn't anymore. A lot lot of guys are going and shooting um, in January over the counter tags, walking to Walmart. No, you can't get the whole state. It's it's various units and various open and closed, but you can hunt mule deer or coos deer uh, with the tag, and so it's a great January hunt and. Um, I was supposed to go this year uh, with Big Chino Outfitters, and because of my hip surgery, I didn't go. So um, maybe Guy and I and MTM and Cody and a couple other guys will head down there. And it's an easy hunt. Um, you know, compared to the Rocky Mountains, it's an easy hunt. Yeah, and that's the thing with, with that Arizona hunt, right? I mean, you'd want to talk about diversity, um in in you know terrain and and the sites i mean you can be you know central to southern arizona and be looking at desert moonscapes and you start getting up you know in the phoenix area and you know east and north of that and you're in uh in some beautiful uh some pine covered mountains there so it's really great man and the fact that you can hunt muleys and coos deer uh on the same tag that's uh that's a phenomenal opportunity and super cheap i think it's what right around right around 300 bucks if that for non-resident yeah. for the and you're rolling your own camp i mean you're mm -hmm. you're rolling your own camp yeah you know and, so, and i don't know if you mind bruce if i could step no. us back oh, ahead, you had ahead. asked me something earlier about you know folks getting out here and 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 just you know as we're talking i was thinking about it um when when you're looking out coming out west you decide how you're gonna hunt right decide whether you're gonna whether you're gonna pack camp or you're gonna set up a base camp um, and, and have the base camp experience or the pack camp experience, um, it, it's kind of a different set of, of requirements as far as gear and things like that go. Um, but really look at it. if you're gonna pack camp, and that's what a lot of us do is, is we live off of our backs for a week, two weeks, whatever it is, that may not be the best option for a lot of folks coming out west. Um, it, it, it takes a lot of gear and, and it takes, some how do i put that some level of knowledge of the area right because you're, you're you might be putting on six seven miles a day deeper and deeper and deeper um so look at your options right and weigh that don't think that you have to do everything off your back i guess is my point base camp is no problem you can hunt out of a base camp be within three four five miles of base camp in and out every day uh just be prepared right don't ever leave camp without your first aid kit and you know enough provisions to last you a day or so um you know things to keep you safe and warm at night too because our, our our terrain and our weather can you know it might be 70 degrees in the daytime 30 degrees at night and you get stuck out on the mountain somewhere so really weigh the options of how you're going to pursue that western hunt sorry i didn't mean to step us back so far no that's and, no that's a, that's a great point i was thinking about arizona and the way i hunt an area especially if i don't know specifically what drainage i'm going to and you know, is that going to take me horses or is it five miles up the trail? But right. what I do is that I have my, I have a base camp. I set up a base camp and I don't, I've never had a problem with anything ever getting stolen out of it. I've never had that problem. I just, I've never lost anything at all. And then 
depending on what I'm doing, if I'm rolling the truck and then climbing, then the truck always has a, a spike camp in it. So I can stay out three to five days if I had to, because the truck is going to be a lot closer to the base camp. Base camp might be two, three, four, five miles away, and then my truck is a mile or two really where I want to get to. And unfortunately, or fortunately, there's a lot of there's a lot of roads out west. Oh yeah, Arizona, Arizona you know, there's a lot of roads. Um, New Mexico, a lot of roads. Nevada, a lot of roads. Okay, so you can get to places. So think about that. So okay, you have a you have a base camp with cots and in your cook tent. You have you know at least two tents, two guys per tent, and then you have a cook tent, and then everything you need for that. Then you throw your spike tent in your trucks. And I recommend if you don't know the area, never been out here. We talked about guy and I talked about solo hunting. Don't do it. Just until you're really comfortable, you know. Just don't do it. Always hunt with a partner. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hunted alone because I knew exactly where I was. I the, I, the rancher knew where I was. Um, they didn't see me every two or three days at the headquarters place, or if, you know, if we just didn't bump into each other, then you know, I'd leave a note on on my my truck say, hey, I'm going to be up this draw, this drainage, and I left at 6 a.m., I left at 4 a.m., and I expect to be out, you know, by dark. And so, you know, so you have to be smart. Definitely. You just got to be really smart with it. But you can do it. I mean, you can buy you can buy a good three-season tent, 10 by 10 at Alps, um, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you can buy a two-man spike camp tent and then get a jet boil and some filters and a pad and a sleeping bag and always wear down. Don't come out here without down or synthetic. You know, forget, you know, the things, the <laughs> RV. <laughs> the cotton, do not bring a cotton oh, sleeping yeah. bag out here. Please you suffer. <laughs> suffer bad. Yeah. And, and, and do it. That's my biggest thing. And, and folks, if all of a sudden you said, hey, I can pull this together this year, I'm going to grab a buddy, instead of thinking about all the crap and everything that's going on in our lives, there's no guarantee for tomorrow. And I know that when I flipped my truck in 2017, I coded, I should have been dead, but here I am, you know, in 2020, talking with God. So I didn't die. Okay, but I should have died. I mean, I did die. My heart stopped. But you, you think about that and you go, dang, I wish I wish I'd gone and got my kudu and Cape Buffalo. I really do. And it, looking back, my whole hunting experience, those are the two things that I missed, you know, that I should have done it when I was working and making a couple of bucks. And I should have not gone on a cheap hunt or not gone on a uh, elk hunt or not done this or done that and budgeted. Maybe it takes me three years. Maybe it takes me five years. I don't know. But all of a sudden, you got the $10,000, which that's what it would have cost back then to yeah. do it. And and you go, holy fright. But then then I wouldn't look back and say, you know, I never went to Africa. Regretting, that's my only hunting regret because I wanted the kudu and I wanted the Cape Buffalo. Yeah, with see, my, mine is, uh, mine is Barren Plain. <laughs> yeah, well, that's mine is Barren Plain Archery Caribou. I don't want, I love to mountain, you know, get a mountain caribou archery, but barren plain archery caribou, man, that just, that just speaks to me. <laughs> that's that's like hunting antelope because I've been, I've been there and I have never taken a caribou with my bow, but we, we hunted, I went with another guy because up there I didn't know the area. So we went with two of us because it was a drop camp and you just went out. And so mm-hmm. I had another guy with me. And so one would carry a bow one day and one would carry a rifle. And then we flipped back and forth. That's what we did. He got one with his bow and, and I didn't have an opportunity. Yeah. they. Every guy that I've talked to that uh, I've been talking to about drop camp up there, I'm like, man, I want, you know, it's archery for me. And they're like, dude, just bring a rifle just in case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to back yourself up. And out of Slaferville and, and areas, if you do your homework, the herds have get pounded. Global warming or whatever, the herds aren't what they used to be. Right. Um, 
and I've hunted the Mochatna herd, and then I Leaf River herd, and I hunted them when you know if if you're in the right place at the right time, you know it's just it's amazing. I mean, there's how many how many caribou, and you go, oh my goodness, you know when's missed, when's the right one? You see the right one, then you shoot them, but you see hundreds, if not thousands, you know of caribou. And it, it's an experience I think everybody should have because it's like hunting antelope only in, in the tundra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're I'm always wet. Yeah, I'm, you need I'm to do that. Oh, I'm doing it, man. I'm, I was hoping to do it this year, but I had banked on Colorado um, and coming back with some horns on the, on the hood, so to speak. Um, I can't have too many vendettas in too many states. We'll just say yeah, that. Well, so I had to put, <laughs> I had to put uh, caribou on the back burner, man, and get some of these, uh, some of these paybacks. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. Well, thank you so much, guy, for for joining. I'm glad MTM told me to to connect with you, and and I just look, you know, this isn't the last time we're going to talk. That's for sure. Absolutely, I I appreciate the opportunity, Bruce. Um, it's humbled that you asked me to be on, you know, I'm just a dude in his garage, um, that loves hunting. So I appreciate the opportunity. One thing, Hey, I remember when we did this on Facebook live, but how do people reach out to you? How do they listen to your podcast? How do they get a hold of you? Um, Instagram, I'm pretty active. I try to post and, and stay relevant, um, on Instagram as much as I can. So Instagram, it's at Western contours. Uh, you can jump on westerncontours.com. Um, just throw it in the Google search and I should come up there. Um, as far as the podcast on just about every major podcasting platform, um, you know, type in Western Contours on iTunes, Spotify, and I should come up. If I don't, please DM me <laughs> so I can see what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's that's the you know primarily the platforms. I am on Facebook, although with Facebook I'm not as active. So if you, you know, are inclined to reach out to me for whatever reason, um, try and do that, you know, either via the website and email or uh, Instagram. Usually with Instagram, I'll answer within minutes if uh, if I can. So. All right. Well, this is the last time and I look forward to, to sitting around the campfire with you, dude. Yes, sir. We'll have to uh, definitely talk about Arizona. I'm, I'm definitely interested in being there with you in January. So let's uh, yeah, let's plan on that for now see what the coronavirus does to us (laughs) or doesn't (laughs) yeah